What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Matt DiStefano breaking down a chaotic week in football. The Eagles won. There was some chaos in college football. It was better than we thought it was going to be. And NFL Week 1 did not disappoint. A lot of incredible games. We break those down. We preview Week 2. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports. ThunderBLG is the handle on Twitter. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy what should be another incredible weekend of football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Week one of the NFL, in the books, week two of college football, ended up being better than we thought it was. Joining me, as usual, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D, how are you? Relieved. Yes. Am I... For our, our birds, for one of my fantasy teams, and just to get kick off out of the way. I mean, I was great. Don't get me wrong. I was super excited, but I love it now. And and, and now we're in that my favorite time of year where everyone panics. Oh, yeah. I love this time of year. All right. Because I'm not panicking. All right. Pretty much no fan base needs to panic right now, especially in the NFL. College is a little different, right? If you're a Notre Dame fan. You should be panicking. You hired an M fan. Right, an A&M fan definitely should be panicking, especially after those embarrassing videos came out oh of their yell, yell, their yell captains basically slandering not just Appalachian State, but all of Appalachia in general, which which accompanies five or six different states, and they just look horrible now. So, yeah, those were yeah, going I mean, wildly viral during an insane Monday Night Football game. We're yeah. going to talk about this all. We're going to talk about the better week of college football ahead, but we mentioned it. We're relieved with the Eagles. They walk away with a three-point victory in Detroit at a couple different points in that game. It was a lot more. And the Lions did not lie down, Matt. No, I mean, it's, it, the biggest surprise for me is that when you run the ball as well as the Eagles did over 200 yards, that normally takes away from teams, you know, coming back. Um, but the Lions, to your point, I mean, they stuck with it. Um, we didn't turn the ball over, which I thought was great, right? They obviously pick six for us was ends up being the difference maker. Yep. Um, looks like we might have just taken our foot off the gas, but you know, I, we'll, I'll start with the negative, and that's obviously this defense, which did not look particularly great, gashed early and often. And DeAndre Swift, by the way, is arguably a top ten running back in the NFL. They do have a great yep. offensive line, um, but you know, this is an Eagles defense that has some expectations of being much better um and a lot of missed tackles and and i think another concern is uh not the right personnel on the field at times so you know they're coming at you with the run get jordan davis in the game get bigger up front um whatever that means whether it's a you you can run a five-man front essentially using hassan reddick if you want um but get the big guys out there because honestly yeah i mean there were a couple passes you know slay did get beat but 
overall, you know, it wasn't Jared Goff winning this game. It was a running game that basically was just gashing us left and right, but kind of expected more. That being said, it's a unit with a bunch of new pieces, and they haven't totally played together. This is their first game. So you think of a linebacking core where Reddick, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, Nakobe Dean haven't played a lot together. You think of at Gardner Johnson. This is like basically his first game as an Eagle, you know. Yeah. So I'm not – I'm disappointed in it, but I'm interested to see against a much better offense, do they kind of wake up a little bit this coming Monday night? Because I think the talent is still there, even with the injury to Derek Barnett. But got to generate pressure, got to generate penetration with all of those excellent, especially interior defensive linemen, um, when you think of Cox, Hargrave, uh, and Davis, and even Brandon Graham. So going to need to see that change. But I think it's stuff that we can clean up. Um, and so I don't think it's necessarily the, the end of the world. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned Jordan Davis. I saw a stat, I believe it was like, with him on the field, the Lions averaged maybe three three yards per play mm-hmm. and it was something between eight and 10 yards. I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but it just shows like maybe they, you know, they didn't want to just throw him to the throw, literally throw him to the lions right away, but like, and see how he'd adjust to his first, you know, full speed NFL games. But he, for what I saw and for full disclosure, I was at a, at a wedding this weekend. I was in the car for most of Sunday. I did watch a lot of the second half. I listened to the first half. I listened to Merrill and uh, on WIP, or I guess via Sirius. But still, I listen to Merrill. It's just so great having his voice back in my life, first of all. But yeah, hearing him talk about, A, the run, the big run from DeAndre Swift early in the game, and just hearing kind of the analysis from him and from Ike and kind of sounding like like they had a lot of praise for Kazir White. They really seemed to like and see, they were talking as if he'd been an eagle for, you know, 50 years. But still, like, the way they were talking about when the Lions would make these plays and would, you know, convert a third down or, you know, Ahmad St. Brown would have, you know, he had eight catches and when he would make some, you know, he'd, he'd have some clutch plays there and TJ Chark had, had had a decent game. But it is a little concerning. I think I noticed this a lot from watching highlights, watching the afternoon games, or at least the part of the afternoon games I watched before I drove back from Harrisburg. Um, because we drove to Harrisburg from the wedding and then back for the listener out there. So we listened. I watched a lot of highlights on Sunday night as I was watching the Cowboys, who, by the way, Matt, are the only team in the NFL without a touchdown. It's worth noting <laughs> that. So Sorry. maybe they have to panic. Yep. But it seems like a lot of these defenses, I don't know if it's because of, you know, such the offensive advantage, different rule changes. There's a lot of times that receivers and the Lions did seem to do this at times as well. We're like poking holes in whether it was cover three, like a cover and like maybe like a hybrid man zone. Like there were some plays and there were some pretty bad ones in that Sunday night football game. And as well as last night and last night, I think, you know, defied expectations in a couple different ways, but there were different ways that players like Sidney Jones on the, on the former Eagle on the Seahawks did this a lot. And it seemed like the Eagles had this too, of just like, sometimes it was blown coverage and, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head to start the show that it's really like, it's not really a time to panic. I think if you're a defender of Gannon, you really got to start getting the Eagles defensive coordinator. You really start to have to like really start building a defense here because if it does, like if Justin Jefferson has a game like he did against the Packers defense, which is also supposed to be an elite NFL defense, you know, then you're really starting to see a lot of what we saw at the beginning of last year where the Eagles were letting superstars make 
you know, huge and huge plays. So this week is a huge test for what, you know, what the Eagles are rolling out defensively. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of Jordan Davis. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of kind of what we talked about last week of interchanging personnel more and not necessarily leaning on, you know, some players to play the, again, for the puns, the lion's share of snaps. But I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Let's talk about some positives from this game because offensively, A.J. Brown is an eagle. Yes, he is. He looked great, man, didn't he? He looked so good. And another one that we didn't get to see on, you know, we heard Merrill. And again, Merrill Reese with a big play is just so great. The pass, you know, it, we like heard them describe the catch. It's like, this is a catch that only A.J. Brown can make. And then we saw it when we got back. We got back to Emily's parents' house at halftime. And her dad like had it on his phone already. It was so great. <laughs> he looked so good. I mean, 10 receptions, 155 yards. Doesn't find the end, so the Eagles have a passing touchdown. But still, having him there, and I know Devontae Smith didn't have any receptions. He had some targets. And, you know, but that, like, seeing how this team is is building it that way and how, like, if teams are going to start trying to double cover A.J. Brown, now you have, you know, Dallas Goddard's going to get more receptions. Devontae Smith is going to get more receptions. And we're going to see, we're just going to see this build. So it's such, like, a great, like, all right, if you're just going to leave our best guy, an all-world receiver, wide open, fine. We're going to just shove it down your throats with him. Yeah, take what the defense gives you. And I, you know, the running game was working, and so you're going to mm-hmm. stick with that. And the connection to A.J. Brown was working, you know, and you're going to want to stick with that. I love spreading the ball around, and so hopefully in the coming weeks we'll see Devonta get, get more involved. We'll see Quez Watkins get a few. Um, mm-hmm. Goddard had an okay game from a yardage perspective, not as many catches as you'd like. Yeah, only three catches. I, I think – yeah, I think the one thing you know, one thing that we always thought with with Jalen as a passer is he doesn't always get the easy completions like you think he should, right? The quick slants, the outs, um, you know, the in routes. And he he's much better on the move and finding guys. You know, a couple of those great throws to AJ Brown were not a broken play necessarily, but you know, a rollout or something along those lines. And I don't think Jalen ever be an elite pocket passer. So, but we no. would like to see that progression. The thing is this: if you win, you win, right? And so. Take what the defense gives you, and it's you know it's it's a it's a it was a hungry, motivated Lions defense. You know, at home after all the press of hard knocks, they they were they were they had moments, but we ran through them. Um, and you know, I didn't think Jalen took too many unnecessary hits. There was a couple slides where he got popped that I didn't yeah. love, um, but overall, I you know I thought he was I thought he did a pretty good job avoiding that contact, even though he is big, right? I mean. It's the same thing. You can't take the hits as a quarterback. But I thought he did a good job. Would love to see a little bit more variety in the passing game. But if it works, it works. Um, and, and, you know, we know Devonta has the talent. Um, and, you know, we'd like to see a couple shots to a Quez Watkins down the field because he does have that speed. But they'll kind of figure that out. Again, an offensive – same thing for across the league. You know, 38 points, 38 points, and we haven't played a lot together. And there are new pieces on the field. So um, – I, I take a lot of positives away from it. Nice to see multiple backs getting involved. I think that's a good thing. Miles Sanders finally getting over the touchdown bugaboo, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota's defense is not nothing that scares me. It's similar to the Lions in a lot of ways. So, and honestly, if you watch some of that Packers game, there were opportunities that the Packers first play of the game literally dropped. So we're going to have chances against that defense on Monday night, and we're going to be at home. 
So, you know, in the confines of security, I, I, I love it. I think we've got a real shot. Um, and I love the way I watched the offense play, took what was available and ran with it. And that's that's the Patriot offenses of old when they had all that success with Tom Brady. Peyton Manning used to do it. If you can run the ball, who cares? Stats don't matter. You know, he's still scoring 38 points. Not bad. Oh, yeah. All right. So college football week two, we referenced it, was better than we imagined. We mentioned Notre Dame losing. We mentioned A&M's embarrassment, both on the field and off the field. A&M now 24th. Notre Dame out of the rankings. We had a couple other losses this past week, Matt. But the Texas-Alabama game, we rode off. And Texas was almost back. They were so close. And they dropped down to 21st now. I mean, I was shocked, right? I, I didn't, was too. I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, Alabama, obviously, you know, ranked number one and, and you know, deserve it. Their pedigree is, is really good. I think maybe the one thing we forgot is this is the team that's been rotating through some explosive playmakers pretty consistently, especially at the wide receiver position. And they've got some absolute blue chips, but they don't have the same first round. Poten- I mean, they, some of these guys may end up being there, right? But they don't have the same first round potential. Um, that that some of some of the uh, teams in the past have had so they're not as explosive offensively they do arguably have the best player in college football that's not a quarterback maybe overall will anderson the pass rusher but they just simply weren't as explosive especially on the road they've got some serious work to do in that regard um you could argue they got a little lucky with quinn airs getting hurt early in that game Mm -hmm. um don't know how much of a difference you know that would have made hudson card really did not have a lot of success, which is what we expected. I mean, we didn't think either quarterback was going to have a lot of success, but Quinn Ayers had a much better start, 9-12, 134 yards before he went out with that injury. Um, you know, the thing is this, Alabama can afford this kind of tight win against a uh, team that we don't, don't expect to be an all, a great one this year, this early in the season. You know, I'm not a huge Texas fan, but it, I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, I, it was I thought cool. it was a cool game. And by the way, though, if you're an NFL scout, who cares what he did? That last drive for Bryce Young pretty much tells you everything you need to know about the fact that there's a high probability he is the first overall pick ne- next year. I mean, oh, yeah. he is a he is a full package when it comes to a quarterback from a mindset standpoint. Um, you know, and that matters, right? You got to have the right the right brain, the right thought processes. Um, you know, he's got some questions with his size, but unreal game from him um and you know what they they just won with a great with a great kind of fourth quarter comeback um but i was shocked i did not think texas could stay on the field with them no i didn't either i think it's probably one of the better things for alabama to repeat is having a scare like this because you figure it might happen in an sec game right not in in this what seemed like was going to be a meaningless game texas isn't supposed to be very good they're not supposed to be a huge Big 12 contender. And this might be like the motivating chip that Saban uses, you know, the carrot in front of the horse to just have them dominate and go through and just run through teams. I know like Georgia's still up there. Georgia's playing South Carolina. People are going nuts in South Carolina because they spent a Rattler now. And we all saw how that went in, at Oklahoma. But, I, you know, giving Saban that kind of ammo is never – it, it's never a good thing if you're not an Alabama fan. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I will say this, right? Um, they get two kind of easy games up mm-hmm. here, right? UL Monroe, 
and then Vanderbilt before a test at Arkansas. They're going to go three in a row, Arkansas, Texas, A&M, Tennessee, that are going to be big challenges. That's probably going to really decide their season because they don't play Georgia. They don't play Florida this year until a potential SEC championship game. Sure. Um, but that at Arkansas game, Arkansas is hungry for uh, um, a uh, – an upset, I guess, if you will, or uh, uh, to play good against top opponents. They were highly ranked last year. It didn't come through. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. A um, little undisciplined from a saving team, which I didn't like. Uh, a lot of penalties, right? Um, might have been the most ever under Nick Saban. But um, I think they can get that cleaned up. Um, and overall, I mean, we'll see the next the next couple weeks go, right? I think they might blow some people out and kind of get – get locked in and they're going to develop a couple of these receivers and find a playmaker. Um, And that's, I think what's important. So they did what they had to do. They escaped. Yeah. And they do lose, but they do lose their number one ranking. You're right. They 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 do. do. They're now number two. As they should have, because Georgia has been rolling. Yeah. But anyway, but there are some good games this weekend. We have a couple ranked showdowns, BYU, Oregon, BYU with that crazy game last week, Miami and A&M, A&M's, only five and a half. I know Miami's 13th in, in the nation. But that just feels weird for a team, which also we didn't mention this with the A&M embarrassment of the Desmond Howard hot take college football bracket being like, imagine like the NCAA bracket being all but dead. Like when you have to X out everything, he only has Michigan left of the teams that he had in his college football playoff picks. Cause Utah's one and one and the PAC 12, we talk about it every year. There, there's going to be some sort of war of attrition there. He had A&M, who, you know, if they were going to have one loss and make it in, they were going to have to hope, they were going to have to maybe lose to Bama and hope that Bama, you know, they beat Auburn, Bama loses to Auburn, they get some sort of crazy, you know, maniacal stuff that they, they, they somehow get in the SEC championship and win. And yeah, I forget who his third team was. I think it was, it wasn't Texas. I don't, I don't remember who his, third, who his third team was, and then Michigan. And, uh, yeah, that's completely dead. But, but. This a and Miami game, you know, we aren't doing picks this week, but this seems like, I don't know if it's a trap line at minus five and a half because out, because Miami's look kind of good in the first couple weeks. But that uh, that concerns me a little bit if you're, if, or it doesn't concern me. It seems like it's trying to, like, get me to throw all the money that I see on the board at A&M. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big game for A&M because what, what just happened was, was borderline unacceptable, right? I mean... Yeah. And Appalachian State, obviously, as a Michigan fan, has a history of those upsets. But It was on the anniversary of right. the 15-year anniversary of it. Yeah, I mean, this is a Texas A&M team, though, that has been on the up-and-up last couple of years, and we're expecting really big things from them, right? Um, Jimbo Fisher has made it clear. If you're going to go to war with Nick Saban, you better show up on the field. Yeah. And so, I mean, to say this is a season-defining game is absolutely true um, because – they got to show they can play. This was a team that was going to have a good running game and a really good defense and contend for an SEC title. That was the expectation. And they lay a stinker, you know, against App State. And and they're getting absolutely rightfully torched for it. So um, Miami Miami's also a hair of a question mark, right, because they've also struggled in recent years. There's a different Miami team, though. Um, I think they're built better. And so I don't know. I know – I. It's such an embarrassing loss for Texas A&M, but I, I probably – I know we're not doing picks, but 
My money is probably on on the Aggies here. Yeah, I would um, think so Miami's too. Miami's done nothing to prove to me, you know, that they're back in any sense in the word. Um, you well, know, how so, many years yeah. have we seen it now? Where Miami, like I can think of, over the last ten years, at least three or four, maybe five examples of Miami being unbeaten, having these early games. Like one year it was against Florida State. One year they like went all the way to they went all the way to. Uh, maybe November, and they were like, that was the turnover chain year. And then they just got embarrassed by Clemson. And, like, we just see these, and they're, like, going to be back. I think one year they lost to Virginia Tech in a pretty embarrassing fashion. I think it – and, like, it's, it just never goes well. But – Let's be real. They, they beat Bethune and Southern Miss. Like – I know you're fine I, with the, the SEC doing their bullshit uh, November games that they do, and I, and I hate them. But that's why I fucking hate those games and why, like, I get why you have early season rankings. But, like, it's just bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I, my other concern here, too, right? So, like, I think Mario Cristobal is going to be good for this program. I do. But – and I think Tyler Van Dyke's a good quarterback. But I don't know if they're explosive enough against an Aggie defense that you know is going to shut down a running game that actually really hasn't even played that well to yeah. start the year. Right? So – um. Uh, yeah, I, I have no faith in Miami here. I would take the Aggies all the way. I know they tripped up last week. You know they're mad. Their fan base is being embarrassed, right? So y- you got to think they're coming with, you know, some – they gave up 63 points. Appalachian State gave up 63 points the week before to North Carolina. They couldn't even get over 100 yards passing against that team. Yeah. Like, it's – brutal and so yeah they better wake up but I, I i do think they get it done yeah i think so too i know i mentioned the byu oregon game i kind of just want to write write that off it's it'll probably be a very good game it's a close line and everything yeah but i feel like we. I, I mean I, I got another big one for you well i was I gonna say the that. two big 10 big games are the ones to really circle and have on the main channel if you have multiple televisions penn state talking, at auburn yes okay good and then Michigan State at Washington. Both pretty big games. Washington's unranked right now, but could be the, the white horse for the Pac-12. Again, more of attrition, so maybe not. But then the Penn State-Auburn game. Rematch of last year. Very good game. Same weekend. That's going to be a fun one. I'm I'm hopefully not going to be watching because I'm hopefully going to be still live in this golf tournament playing in. But that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, both are barometer tests for the Spartans and the Nittany Lions, right? The Nittany Lions struggle early against Purdue. It's a big 10 opponent, right? So it's not like they played a cupcake and Purdue is a little better than people give them credit for. And they fire back last week against Ohio and show people, Hey, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, you know, it, we had a good first game, right? But yeah. they haven't played an Auburn level team. Tank Bigsby is a great running back. You know, Sean Clifford looked great against Ohio after really struggling before then. Um, and so, I think it's a great yardstick game for um, for Penn State. I, I do think I mean, uh, uh, Auburn is not exactly blowing the doors off of anybody. I am confident in Penn State in this game, um, but I do think it could be it could be close. Um, it's Auburn. I mean, they're, they're, they're two really good teams, and it's on the road. Um, you know, Penn State wins this game. It kind of propels them to being that dark horse you know, that you kind of mentioned got a couple weeks until they go to visit Michigan and then Ohio state, like you give them some time to build up, but it's going to be tough 
Um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's a marquee matchup. And Sean Clifford has not exactly brought confidence to me because of the lack of playmakers due to a bunch of draft picks from the receiver side of things and a running game that really since Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders left has been horrible. So I don't know if he has the help and he's not good enough to get over that hump. And that makes me nervous against an an SEC caliber defense. Yeah. And I think that's the key here, right? Is it's two, two different conferences, two different styles of football, SEC defenses, the big 10, which is, you know, rough and tumble, but it's not, it's not SEC. It's, you know, not a, a conference that constantly sends however many defensive players from every single team every single year in high rounds of the NFL draft. Not to say that Penn State does not have the NFL pedigree that you know of top college programs, but still, you know Auburn when they're you know Auburn's still a pretty solid program. This is a game again that if I can watch, I'm going to at least try to tune into or at least try to tune into the end because it's going to be fun and it's a Saturday. It's it almost, and this is, I've been to Happy Valley and it's a lot of fun, but it's almost cool having a Big Ten team go down to an SEC school. Because we've seen, like, Michigan had that back-to-back with Alabama where both were neutral site games. And, and you know, we've had all these opening weekends where Big Ten SEC teams have played. And it's usually at Jerry World. It's usually at, you know, the Falcons Mercedes-Benz Dome or the Superdome or wherever. And it's kind of fun that it gets to go to an SEC program, especially if you have Penn State people flying in for it, trying to do the We Are's and all that. It you know it's just kind of a cool like it's a cool fan base showdown if that makes sense. And the cool part is that this is a home and home, and I really like the home and homes because mm-hmm. then it gives the fan base a chance to travel somewhere else, and I think that's always you know that's always really fun um, for teams to be able to do that. But but yeah, I mean again, it should be a good game. And then you know you mentioned the other one, um, Washington, you know. Um, sorry, uh, Michigan State heading to Washington. Excuse yep. me, I can get that out. Washington, not the same caliber team as the Brock, Brock no, Chris Peterson era, excuse me. Um, you know, but again, still a big, te- big 12 team. Um, play, no, not big 12, sorry, Pac-12 team playing at a weird time, 7.30 p.m. Um, so, and Washington's favored three and a half. That's what's so interesting about this. Yeah. Can you break well, this Michigan down for State's- me? Well, Michigan State's beaten no one, right? Western Michigan and Akron. Um, and and so that doesn't give me much of anything, right? Um, and they're just kind of an unknown team with some young players that they lose, Kenneth Walker. Um, and, and so, and Washington's, again, not a horrible program that they're going up against. So I think it's away game against a very untested um, Michigan State team. I think there's some concern, right? Peyton Thorne has looked has looked okay through the first two weeks of the college football season as a junior, but only four touchdowns and three interceptions and mm-hmm. against crap opponents. They've basically been able to essentially run the ball and play good defense against two uh, under-talented you know, programs, and now all of a sudden they're going to have to go at this um, big time. Um, so against a, bit, a much better program. And so I think it's just one of those things where they're on the road against an upstart Washington team. I, I think I think the bet- betters are concerned because they haven't seen much. Yeah, from, that from makes sense. Michigan State, right. One that, uh, again, we lo- be, with Yahoo opening its own sports book, we've lost the ability to see the, where the money is. That's one I really want to look into. The other one, and then we can wrap up college football unless you have any other games that you're looking at. Texas, we mentioned them coming off the heartbreaking loss, hosting UTSA. 
Texas, 12 and a half points. I, again, if it was 14, I'd feel a little more confident. But I, I feel like UTSA plus, plus the points seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. They're a, they're a spread darling. And last year, they obviously had everything with going for their conference. Like, this seems like one where they really want to show, you know, you're not the big dog in the state. You know, we, we want to be that next team and everything. And, well, I mean, you bring up a good point. Um, a good point, too. They're like a fun team to watch. They the are. Um, yeah. By the way, just in case you don't know, they have any NFL talent. Um, Tariq Wolin was the starting Seattle Seahawks cornerback that I desperately wanted um, the Eagles to draft. And so th- this is a team that has produced a little bit. And tell you what, Texas is a little – down themselves, right? And this is a trap game for Texas after that great performance to not win. Do they, do they get a little ahead of themselves? I will say, though, Robinson, their running back, is really good. He struggled against a great – with a underclassman offensive line, struggled a little bit against that Alabama front. But he might run all over. I be, believe it's the Roadrunners, if my memory serves it me is. correct. The TS, UTSA Roadrunners. So th- this might be one of those games where – they just run the ball against a under 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 prospect, you know, front seven for UTSA. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be fun. Do you guess, have any? Yeah, last college you, know, games you want to talk about? Last, just just tune in. USC. They look really good mm-hmm. offensively. Defensively, they're gonna have some issues. They don't have the recruits there yet. But offensively, between Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, who was the um, best co- football receiver in college football last year. Uh, at Pitt, and he's now transferred to USC. Might be the number one overall wide receiver prospect. It's a good USC team um, that I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoff. They might win the Pac-12. I think they're a little soft in defense. They've got some issues on offense, but they are really explosive. Um, and Lincoln Riley already has them humming. Uh, they they whooped on Stanford last week, and they go up against a better than a better than you think Fresno State team. But they play late 1030, so if you're having a couple beers and you want to tune in, highly recommend watching a future first-round pick, both in Addison and Williams on the field and a number of other pieces of talent on that USC squad. Um, They're going to be making noise all year, I think. Oh, yeah. It's fun to have USC back in the the conversation. They obviously, with Darnold, they got close. They they thought they should have been in when they had two losses, which was laughable, but still, like, it was close, but having them back in, like when they were really good with Matt Liner and Reggie Bush, it was like almost annoying how good they were. There was the Bush push. There was Texas beating them. And, you know, now that they're actually back in the fold, like it was, you know, it's just fun to see them back in there again, Pac-12 war of attrition. Hopefully that doesn't, you know, bite them alive. You know, I, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I'm sure they go to either Arizona or Arizona state hard places to play. As we've talked about on this podcast, so, you know, they went over the, they got over the Stanford hump though. I remember a lot of times in high school, Stanford on a Friday night upsetting yeah. USC and they got over that hump. So, that's a great call. But let's get to the big boys. The NFL is back. Week 1 in the books. A wild wild week. We had a tie. We almost had another tie. And we had a rookie coach Clock management, timeout, like the whatever you had on a bingo card of how a rookie coach could fuck up his first game. I think all different possibilities 
hit last night on Monday Night Football with the Broncos losing to the Seahawks and Geno Smith. Yeah. Man, I'm already down. I got a survivor pool. There's only six of us left after week one. I'm in that pool. You're in that pool with me. Who'd you pick? Ravens? Yeah, I picked the Ravens. Yeah, I'm in too. another don't survivor ever, pool ever, where I can enter in Jets, three. Baby. Yeah. I can enter in three picks, and my wife is going to shoot. She knows what she did. We we It's per household, so I let Emily pick the other two. She picked the Bengals, and she picked the Titans. Both of them lost. Okay. If now, they had tied, the if the Bengals had tied, yeah. it counts as a win on ESPN. So we would have been good. Okay. okay. Also, huge. Let me let me let me set the, huge mistake by your wife. Not not the, the Titans, although I do think they were going to take a step back this year. But I am surprised, especially defensively. But the Steelers—that's a divisional opponent. You very rarely pick a divisional game, unless it was the Patriots of 2015 against any of the AFC East crap that would put out at that point. You never pick a divisional game. They're always dogfights. So yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. It's my. I mean, I. I you, it's your fault. You're a husband. Educate. You know that yeah. comes off as mansplaining. Let me be really clear. I came off really negative. I didn't mean it like that. Educate her because you're her significant other, and she should know better. Because I know Emily's pretty knowledgeable when it comes to sports. So um, I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think enough people listen to this that you're getting canceled. Good, that. good, um, good, good. But um, no, that's such a good point, though. On divisional games, it is especially in week one. It's such a dogfight. It's so crazy. I mean, so many games went completely opposite ways. If we went, we literally had maybe a rarely seen hurricane in Chicago that turned the field into <laughs> just a puddle. And we had maybe the yeah. wildest unsportsmanlike penalty in the history of sports. For those that didn't see this, the bears kicker brings out a towel to wipe up some water where his foot was going to go to kick the ball, to kick a field goal. And he got an unsportsmanlike con- uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to push them back. And they had a punt. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't like that. But the Bears but won. But they won the game anyway. The Bears so, won. Yeah. It was funny. I feel like the only two games that, like, didn't have storylines to come out of them, Chargers beating the Raiders. Yep. It was it was a, a fine game, but no one's really talking about it. And then the other one was the Ravens beating the Jets because it was what was expected. But every other game has, and, and has some fascinating storylines to it, whether it was a comeback, a, an upset, somebody going off. Like, I, I just – interesting across the board and not that those other two games weren't interesting by the way i took a lot out of them but interesting across the board i think you made a good point it's week one first of all nobody should panic okay okay the cardinals should probably panic they looked horrible and they were supposed to be good but other than an arizona fan don't panic a lot of season left and this is i'm not saying it's right or wrong but this is the downside to a shortened training camp and a shortened preseason teams haven't played as much together and they don't know that they're not up to speed, whatever it might be. And so, you know, water starts to find its level over the next two weeks, starting in week two, where some of these teams maybe surprisingly lost, a.k.a. Like the Bengals. We expect to bounce back and play better for various reasons. Well, the other one that for the second straight year, he's put up a dud in week one and then looked at least last year and his career points towards it is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Because, you know, oh, yeah. They, did, they didn't look very good against the Vikings. Again, divisional matchups, anything can happen. But last year, they went down to New Orleans. Aaron Rodgers had, like, maybe 50 yards of passing. Aaron Jones had a dud. Aaron Jones actually had a pretty good game for the Packers in this one. But, like, 
You're exactly right. The shortened preseason, less training camp, and you know everything there. You know, guys not showing up. Aaron Rodgers had all the different stuff. He was Nicholas Cage for a little while, and and all this different shit. There was so many you know different storylines coming at it. And you can even say if you want to give a storyline to the Raiders that fucking <laughs> Devontae Adams had more receiving yards than all the Green Bay wide receivers total. Aaron Rodgers had yeah. more passing yards. That's because he has tight ends and receivers to throw the ball to. But <laughs> right. at least if you're a Packers fan, you know that it's week one. You know that it is not overreaction season by any stretch of the imagination because a lot of teams that weren't supposed to win did. The Giants, the the Bears. There, You could debate the Bears because there was weather and all that kind of stuff. But, like, these teams that, we, that their Vegas future over-under win total – was low, right? Won these yeah. games. And, I mean, really, you made a good point on Arizona, but I'd also say I think Patrick Mahomes had a lot coming into this season with Tyreek Hill leaving and having now having Juju. And, you know, he and Travis Kelsey just said, we're still here and we're, you know, we're still the best quarterback wide receiver or quarterback tight end tandem in football. So they're, like, that's at least there. So if you're an Arizona fan, you at least have that on you of like, all right, Mahomes had that Michael Jordan, I took that personally kind of game going that way. So, like, there is that. But you're right. They, did, they didn't look great. Their defense looked very bad. But, again, it's Kansas City, so you can't really hold your hat too low on that. Sure, but the problem is the Cardinals have kind of been stuck in this mediocrity situation in the NFL where they you know, have a good start to the season, and then they get to the playoffs and flounder, and you want to see them match up better against Maybe the Maybe it's the opposite teams. now. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. No, I know. Um yeah, no, but like I said, it'll be intriguing, you know, intriguing this coming week, kind of how things balance out. Um, I, I expect a number of teams to to play better um, than they showed this past weekend. But I also think some teams were exposed for taking a big step back. I think the Titans, they lose A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Not that Julio Jones was, was great, right, but they do lose him. And they're, they're a little bit different on defense. And they got, you know, the Giants came into their house and played really well against them. You saw the Colts not really find their footing against a bad, it's a divisional game, but a bad defense, a bad uh, Texans team. Matt Ryan doesn't have a lot of explosiveness around him. No. And you know, at his age, can he make, can he get anybody but Michael Pittman the ball, right? Um, you know, I thought that was, was kind of a really fascinating game. Um, but things that I kind of expected the Patriots not moving the ball well against the Dolphins. Another one that I expected to see. Um, and, and, you know, so there were some things that we expected to see. Uh, and then there were some shockers, the Broncos losing to the Seahawks on Monday night. I thought that was a particularly horrible performance by a really talented Broncos team. That's I think it's bad. a little unfair. I think it's a little unfair for Russell Wilson, the first game out of Seattle, right. To be back in Seattle is, it's kind of, it's great for the ratings, but it's kind of weird. Um, Did the trade not, like, happen when the NFL them, made the schedule? I don't know. It had to have. Yeah, I, it had to. I'm pretty yeah, sure. They knew. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Because right. I know. Because there's. Well, there is like the NFL definitely is what they're doing with the Christmas Day games of all the teams that are playing also are home to like major NBA franchises that are very good right now. Like the Packers playing on Christmas Day, the Bucks, the Cardinals are playing on Christmas Day, the Suns, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
Uh, the Eagles aren't, so I guess the NFL doesn't like the Sixers. But, so uh, I guess that's good. We don't want Goodell in our corner. But we're we're we mentioned it before. The game he didn't mention, and it's surprising because they're your Super Bowl pick, and it's your boy. And you should see the smile on my face. We don't have a video on right now. But Tom Brady just completely. And you mentioned it with Julio Jones of that he wasn't very good on the, on the Titans. He looked great with with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just dismantling. And this is another game. I mentioned it before. Of that you saw some good, talented secondary in the on the Dallas defense. Kind of just, I don't know if it was missed play calling or what it was. But guys were just picking that apart. Mike Evans was doing the same thing. I know Godwin left the game with his... It was not the same knee injury he had. I think it was an ankle injury or a hamstring. A hamstring. Hamstring, yeah. yeah. But still, he looked good for a little bit in that game. But Evans looked like he had missed a fucking day. And Julio Jones stepped up big. And Cameron Braid had a decent game. And then Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady in the backfield just figuring it out. And the Cowboys never really seemed to have an answer. You... Yeah. Locked up that defense for Tampa so long. And it was just literally like, it was like you were calling the plays in Madden, Matt. You saw Levante <laughs> David get involved. You saw some great trick the trick coverage that really Dak didn't really have an answer to before he got hurt. And then obviously, you know, he hurt his hand and everything. But, you know, once, once that happened, the game was kind of starting to be over because Dallas wasn't moving the ball very well. But we talked about it last week of Dallas's, you know, tapering off run game you know when Zeke first came into the league that great offensive line it's a lot different now and it still isn't really there yeah I mean both Zeke and Tony Pollard really struggled Tony Pollard was barely um, in the game yeah I know a couple things I think you know, there were some names last year for Tampa Bay defensively that aren't there anymore Jason Pierre-Paul and Adama Kinsu mm-hmm. they were great in their time but they were a little older right so they're they're no longer on the team they've got they've got Vita Vea, who was a super underrated nose tackle, similar to like a Holy Nada back in the Ravens' heyday, really quick. He's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he creates problems up front that allow Levante David and Devin White to play downhill. Shaquille Barrett, who had been injured a little bit last year, you saw him moving all over the field, right? Kind of looked like Micah Parsons on the other side. Uh, and Akeem Hicks came from the Bears, where he had a lot of success, a little injury-prone. He's an unreal player, too. And so you saw a Tampa Bay defense that's a little bit different from last year's but has a lot of the talent that they had in the Super Bowl run two years ago, a little healthier and a little younger. And I think that's a big deal. I also think this score is not indicative of how well the Tampa Bay offense played. Only 19 points. They kicked a bunch of field goals. That's going to change as Brady gets more comfortable with Julio Jones, Mm -hmm. Russell Gage, Cameron Brady. Because – Yes, Chris Godwin is excellent, but he's injured right now, right? They don't have Gronk right now as well. You're going to see him get comfortable in the red zone with those guys, those new guys. That's the prediction touchdowns. that Gronk's going to unretire. Oh, I, I think he's going to unretire at some point, too. If, 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 if the no, I said your, your, predi- it, your prediction. Oh, uh, no, I know. Yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> Dude, his agent, has, his agent has said, oh, he's probably coming back at some point during the season. And by the way, just like with Brady, you let him do what he wants. But. I say all that because this team is going to get this team's going to get better, and I thought Brady was totally in command of that offense that somehow only scored 19 points. So, yeah. um, I they go to the New the Orleans week two. Yeah, Tom Brady's least favorite place one, to play the way, because Tom. they really struggled. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that New Orleans team has weapons. Tom Michael Thomas is healthy. Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, 
um, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill that Jameis Winston can throw to. And that defense is, is good. Um, and that was actually an impressive comeback. I know the Falcons suck. But again, on the first game of the season, right, divisional opponent, and you come back to win on the road, I don't, I don't hate it. Jameis had zero interceptions, right? Yep. Um, I do want to talk about a guy that I'm not sure why he gets so much love, and that's C.D. Lamb. Yeah, he, I, I watched he another didn't game. Look good. He he had two. He had like what? I think he had 11 targets and two. Whatever it was was a crazily inefficient game. I know he was a first round pick, and I know he looked great in Oklahoma, and I wanted it. I did too. I thought he was going to be great, but he seems to disappear. He's like the Bucks easily game planned him out. And I know they're like, well, it's Dak's fault. It's Cooper Rush's fault. I, I, you know what? Part of me at this point says he's never really been great. Right? His route running is, his... is all over the place. It, like, and that's one of the – yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to – I'm saying the same thing as you. Like, you see him run, like, slants that are, like, not really on 45 degrees. Like, he's, like I get it. You're trying to, like, fill a gap. But, like, you're kind of – it's like Madden. It's like Madden be a pro. Of, like, you're running all over. You're kind of trying to make something happen and, like – Right. I don't if know. There's really Oklahoma. only one guy that I can Oklahoma. think of in the NFL that can do that, and it's Patrick Mahomes. Right, right. It's a quarterback, you know what? still. Everyone wonders why Hunter Renfro is having so much success with the Raiders. This is a guy who played played at Clemson, was, a, was not much of a prospect, but what does he do? He runs perfect routes. Yeah. So his quarterback knows exactly where he's going to be, and this is why – other guys have had the same success, right? You think of an Edelman. You think of a, a Jarvis Landry, right? Glad you named a non-white person. I was, I was, I, but yeah. But, but um, you know what? The same thing goes for, De- one of the reasons, Devontae Adams has so much talent. He also runs perfect routes all the time. I remember yeah. Brady saying this. I don't care if my receiver drops it. I care if they run the right route. Because if yeah. they run the right route, I know where the ball needs to go. And if CeeDee Lamb's just going to make loops around the field, Right, they it's every once in a while it's going to work out, but the majority of the time it's not. And you've got to be a great route runner in the NFL. Defenses are too good, schemes are too good. Um, I have, I, if I'm the They're Cowboys, I, I, I have serious concerns with him. I, I don't know how else to say it. I know he's explosive, but but man, plenty of guys are explosive. Doesn't make him good as a, a wide receiver. So um, they need Michael Gallup back. They do. They need James they Washington do. back big time because. I don't know if C.D. Lamb can do it by himself. Yeah. So, looking at week two, I think with Dak's injury, with T.J. Watt getting hurt, got the right Watt this week. Um, (laughs) The non-primetime games, I know the one is Sunday Night Football is Packers-Bears, but Monday Night Football, four great teams playing in that, and maybe the greatest Thursday Night Football we've ever had in a way for Jeff Bezos to just polish off another fresh million dollars or however much he's getting you know the the ratings on amazon prime go for the chargers at the chiefs i mean what a great game and two teams that looked very good in week one yeah i mean this is a you're right one of the best especially early season thursday games um you know we're gonna get it's it's an unreal showdown between two of the best quarterbacks in the nfl especially in terms of throwing the football justin herbert makes some unreal throws mm-hmm. i think it's a great test for a chargers defense and a chiefs defense that showed up in week one um the chargers having less question marks but more additions and the chiefs having a lot of question marks with the loss of 
Tyron Matthew, like how would they play? Yeah. They look great against the Cardinals team, but this is a Cardinals team missing DeAndre Hopkins and clearly maybe not as good as we thought, but we'll see early. Yeah. Um, so two great defenses that – not great defenses, two defenses that need to show up versus two elite offenses. It's going to be a firepower, firepower kind of game. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, big time. Oh, it's an awesome game. Yeah, and then, you know, Sunday we have some close spreads, but, you know, some team. I mean, I'm interested in the in the Ravens-Dolphins game because I think that's a really good yeah, barometer for, for the Dolphins and seeing where they are, and really also for the Ravens. You know, their run game has kind of been all over the board. They're still missing J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, they're just kind of all over the place. That That's an intriguing one. We mentioned Saints-Bucks. You know, Steelers-Patriots, uh, it's close. New England's favored a little bit, but that, I don't know. I'm not that old interested school in that versus, game. Old school versus old school? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I do like the 425 Cardinals-Raiders game. Yeah, that'll um, be interesting. I mean, how does, yeah. how does Arizona bounce back? How does Vegas bounce back? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I know Vegas, I'm not really worried about them. They, they just played a really good Chargers team. I mean, they, I mean it's just, that's, that's a tough game to start out week one. Um, I think they need to win, but I don't, I'm not as worried as I am, for the, as I am with the Cardinals. Um, yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I might hammer, hammer the, the Packers. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean this is, this is, this is, I own Aaron you. Rogers, I own you. Yeah. I, and, I know the Bears beat the 49ers in awful conditions with an inconsistent 49ers quarterback and a, and a running back that got hurt. I, I they, they did not look that the Bears didn't look that good. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. No, they didn't so look that and good. I they don't have any weapons. This Packers defense is pissed off. They're going to be bringing the Let's Fields. use all the Aaron Rodgers yeah. isms and, here. Oh yeah, and by the way, Rodgers has to figure it out with his receivers, but. This just this just screams Aaron Rodgers all up in the Bears' face, owning them. I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I I think it's gonna be I think it's an, I mean I'm I don't it's know the if only I'm prime taking time, them. It's a, it's a divisional game, so I I'm not taking them, but I I don't I mean I'm pretty close to taking them. <laughs> Actually, I should I should edit that because the Titans. I guess I'm you know what what we'll see out of the Titans is what we'll get, but the right. Bills. You know, it's two big names, two teams from last year in the playoffs. But, you know, it still could be a very good game. We'll just have to see what the Titans do. I wouldn't really underestimate Vrabel to have a bounce back, but I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, no, me neither. I I, I think the Bills are. Yeah, they're very Somebody good. Somebody said, I heard the Bills are like Mike Tyson. They're not – they have some warts, and yeah. you don't see them, right? Oh, They're yeah. not an elite running team. Their offensive line has some holes. Um, outside of Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, a little inconsistent. They need to help there. He was, but he had a good game. Right, right. No, of course. But defensively, you know, they're, they're really good, but they're missing a piece or two. Great safeties, corners, math. We'll see what Travis White comes back. I yep. say all that because they are just power. Oh, like yeah. They are just going to wreck you. Absolutely. Um, and the teams that are going to beat them are going to be the Chiefs. Right, they're going to be the high level. The Chargers—they're the ones that have a shot, right? Yeah. They got to be teams that can bring that same kind of firepower. Um, and I'll be shocked if they lose to the Titans. I—I I think they're so talented. And again, Titans are just not this number one seed they were last year. A little bit of luck. Still well coached. Still going to be a tough matchup every week. But um, the Bills are the class of the AFC, right? Um, oh yeah. And so they're going to have to be beaten 
at this point in my mind. Um, but there's some good teams out there. I mentioned the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Bengals. So it's not a given, right? They're not so head and shoulders above others, but they look great. Um, and uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder, which is the most dangerous thing you can have for a really good team after last year. And it's the home opener. Bill's Mafia yes. on Monday Night yes. Football. I didn't even mention it's, it's at to, home. Right. It's starting to get a little cold. The Buffalo Ooh. fans breaking tables left and right. It's going to be great. Do we do we think do we think that there will be a sex toy from Bill's Mafia? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it has to be. Wouldn't be the same if there wasn't, right? Yeah, I mean last week we got what? Like pink smoke on the field because there was a pro- a protester in LA. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was wild too. I only saw images of it on the, on Twitter, but I saw the pink smoke during the game. It was wild. Yeah, big time. Yeah, some wild stuff going on out there. There is some wild way. stuff. I mean, it's not it's nothing compared <laughs> to the the people that were gluing their hands to basketball courts in the playoffs. That is true. That was wilder. That, that, that I have to that, agree with. I mean, I can only imagine. So, for those go Google this if you don't know what we're talking about. The people because of the what is it, the Timberwolves owner, like was yeah. like something where like diseased chickens or something and they were protesting that people were literally like they were chaining themselves to the basket i can only wonder with this group that is protesting what they're coming up for for the new season because we had people that were like disguising themselves as refs we you know people get varying get some creative ideas and basketball is probably the easiest one to do because the NFL, unless you're at LSU, which we didn't talk about in college, did you see this image of the kid that just walked onto the field? Oh, yeah, like the 10-yard line. Yeah, right? he like, like, walked just out. hanging out. He, like, he wasn't his, just like in, yeah. on the grass. He walked onto the field. Like, football is pretty hard to do. Baseball is probably the hardest because they have, like, security guards, maybe even full-fledged police officers just, like, guarding the foul line. Hockey, you'd have to be a psycho to jump over the boards. But basketball... True. It's so easy to do, and I don't know. We're, we're going to have some some good stuff there, but that's another show for another time. Matt, we talked about the Eagles at the beginning of the show. Quick pick: What is your score for the Eagles game? Yeah, um, like I'm a believer. I think the defense gets a little bit better. I do think it's still pretty high scoring. Um, Over at fifteen and I, a half. I, yeah, I, I would, I would take the over. I would too. Um, yeah. I think it's Two really good. defenses that are a little suspect on paper. Exactly. Yeah. We're at home, and I think that matters. Um, I, I like a 34 to 31 game. We win by a field goal. Um, I think we do enough offensively, and the defense is opportunistic. Plus, remember, Kirk Cousins, this is primetime Kirk Cousins. This is oh, not good right. for Kirk Cousins. It is primetime so Kirk Cousins. For those that don't know, Google primetime <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Oh, that so just made that me feel a lot better about happy. the game. Yep. I didn't even think about exactly. it. I brought it up last exactly. week, and I didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we learned that 425 is not primetime for Kirk Cousins. It's literally primetime games. Um, but I think that's a, a great way to put it. And, I yeah, I think I hope they win. I want a good showing. I just want to see a little consistency coming out of the first couple weeks. You know, would like to, you know, continue the, the way of – being in first place in the division and not have some sort of weird tiebreaker or God forbid the giants who are favored against the Panthers win and are two and Oh, and the Eagles are Oh, and one of the commanders are playing the lions. So I don't know. It'd be fun. It'd yeah. be fun to see the Eagles win, 
But, you know, sure. Sunday we had the Phillies win. Phillies won tonight, too. Beat the Marlins. They beat Sandy Al- Alcantara for at least the second time. It's just great. It's a great time to be be in Philadelphia, which normally means something bad's about to happen. Yeah, I agree. But, Maddie, Don't say that. Don't be. Well, you know what? I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham, which is the the docu-series about the soccer team, the football good team. Good thing. Yep. It's mm-hmm. good. It's very good. Um, you know, but it's owned by Rob McElhinney, so maybe he's bringing the ju- – I don't want to say that because the people of Wrexham, Wales, seem very nice, so I don't want to put any bad juju on them. But, you know, something's going to happen. The, the Flyers are coming <laughs> back. That's the bad thing that's about about to happen. Oh, my there God. Don't bring that up. It hurts me inside <laughs> to think about that. Uh, but I think that will wrap this week up, Matt. Thank you so much for doing this episode. This one was a lot of sure. fun. We will yeah, be- it was. It was great. I Matt love is- talking football again. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Matt is out next week, so I will find a guest host. Where we'll start bringing back the picks. Maybe find two guests. Have a little three-man weave that way. And Matt will be back in a couple weeks. We'll start getting the guest pickers back in. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. But for Matty D, Matt Stefano, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly, baby!